This is Paul Gallant on 710 ESPN Seattle. Powered through the Alaska Airlines Studio. At Gallant Says on Twitter. Text into the show at 710-710. Oh, hello and welcome aboard the most interactive sports talk show in Seattle and Washington, nay the world. I am Paul Gallant. It is Tuesday, April 27th of 2021, and we are a little over two days away from the beginning of the 2021 NFL Draft. Which is, of course, going to be a bit boring for us here in Seattle. The Seahawks are supposed to pick in the second round. I imagine that they will end up picking probably in the third round. Try to create as many picks as they possibly can with that one second round pick that they have in the aftermath of last year's Jamal Adams trade. So it's a little difficult to get hyped up for the draft. But I do love watching it. So maybe I'll watch a little draft day this week starring Kevin Costner. That poorly thought out movie. Still fun to watch. I don't know why. R.I.P. Chadwick Boseman. Maybe I will go back in time and take a look at some old scouting reports for some old Seahawk players, which we might end up doing tomorrow, especially seeing as it's the 10-year anniversary of the draft that landed the Seahawks, K.J. Wright, and Richard Sherman. But since the Seahawks don't have a pick in the first round, nothing is more interesting than what the San Francisco 49ers end up doing with that number three overall pick and what they might do after that. You've heard a lot of talk about who the 49ers might go after, and it's kind of getting tiresome, the breadcrumbs that are being thrown out there by NFL reporters and by the 49ers themselves at their press conference yesterday. But for the sound of things, it's between Mac Jones and Trey Lance, and I would say that the money should be probably on Mac Jones as far as who the San Francisco 49ers ultimately take. And, you know, when I look at what is op, uh, what options are available for San Francisco, I know what I want to happen. But this is going to be today's question of the day. Since nothing in the NFL draft is more interesting than what the 49ers do with that number three pick, what should the Seahawks want to happen? And what should the Seahawks not want to happen? You can text in 710-710. You can tweet in at Galant says. Kyle Shanahan was asked about the future of his current quarterback yesterday, Jimmy Garoppolo. And here is what he had to say about that. Um, I can't guarantee that anybody in the world will be alive Sunday. So I can't guarantee who will be on our roster on Sunday. Um, So that goes for all of us. So the apocalypse might be coming this weekend. Kyle Shanahan might have some advanced knowledge of that. Or Kyle Shanahan's just having some fun. Or... Maybe Kyle Shanahan is thinking about trading Jimmy Garoppolo. And that's what I want to see happen this weekend. That's the best case scenario for the Seahawks. The 49ers decide to trade Jimmy Garoppolo. But why would they trade Jimmy Garoppolo? They have been saying that they would like to have last year's starting quarterback next season. But there's a part of me that wonders about the idea of keeping Jimmy Garoppolo on the roster for $25, $30 million a year or so against the cap when you have a top-five draft pick at quarterback behind him. just doesn't make a whole lot of sense. What owner is going to sign off, no matter if Kyle Shanahan did bring the 49ers to the Super Bowl a couple of years ago? What what owner is going to sign off on a backup that's making almost $30 million if that's what ultimately happens, if Garoppolo loses the job? During the offseason, and I do think that there's a possibility that that happens. I don't know how strong it is. 
So what I want to see happen is I want to see the 49ers trade Jimmy Garoppolo. Why? Because Jimmy Garoppolo gives the 49ers a better chance to win in 2021, regardless of who the 49ers take at three overall, whether it's Trey Lance, the guy who is less polished, or it's Mac Jones. And with that third pick for 2021, and I'm only talking about 2021, because who knows? You can't really predict what quarterbacks are going to do what. I've fallen into that trap before, and I've decided, you know what? It's so difficult to predict who is successful and who isn't coming out of college. You can have a hunch, but to strongly say that Trey Lance or to strongly say that Mac Jones isn't going to work out, none of us really know. So for 2021, I'd rather the 49ers have Trey Lance, who played one game last year, and trade Jimmy Garoppolo. And I guess if I am the Seattle Seahawks and I'm sitting back idly watching the first round of the draft, I think that I would be more scared about the idea of San Francisco taking Mac Jones for 2021 and 2021 exclusively. I trust Shanahan's ability to get the most out of quarterbacks. And while I don't like Mac Jones' body, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm sort of on the same page as Brock Heard when it comes to the old body show. He's more athletic than you think. And Devontae Smith, who is the reigning Heisman Trophy winner, and Jalen Waddell, another thought-to-be first-round pick, wide receiver out of Alabama, they both think that Mac Jones is better than Tua Tungavailoa. I loved watching Tua Tungavailoa in college, but those two would know better who's better between those two. So I can't in good faith predict that Mac Jones is going to be a bust, even though I want to, entirely based off of his body. Trey Lance, meanwhile, he has athleticism, a ton of potential. Floyd in the lower-level football factory, there's a ton of upside, but does he get to that upside? I don't know. So what I would like the Seahawks to witness when the San Francisco 49ers make that number three pick, I would like to see them, first off, draft Trey Lance, and second off, trade Jimmy Garoppolo. Will that happen? I don't know. I think, in fact, if they were to draft Trey Lance, that they would probably keep Jimmy Garoppolo. But that's what I would like to happen. 710-710, you can text in what you would like to see happen. 710, please pick Mac. Fields and Lance, either of those cats, are a potential problem. Yeah, potential. (laughs) Text in, wow, Paul, thanks for the layup. The Seahawks want the 49ers to draft anything but a quarterback. Next question. Well, it's a matter of what quarterback do they take, and it's a matter of what quarterback gives them the better chance to win in 2021. They're going to take a quarterback. So I understand that some people are going to try to take the easy way out on this question. No, you have basically two doors. You pick one of the two doors, and maybe there's a third door behind them that would involve trading Jimmy Garoppolo. There's something else that took place yesterday during the San Francisco 49ers press conference that made me raise my eyebrows. I think very highly of Kyle Shanahan as a coach. I do think that whoever he ends up drafting at quarterback at number three, he is going to get the absolute most out of. The track record says that he will. Matt Schaub, Robert Griffin III, Matt Ryan's MVP season, honestly, Jimmy Garoppolo getting him to a Super Bowl. He's had a lot of success with quarterbacks. There's an element about him that I feel like is always going to be his biggest enemy. And it was on display yesterday at that press conference. Here is Kyle Shanahan. When we made this decision, we, we knew that there were, there were five guys that we thought we felt that we'd be okay with taking. Um, you know, we knew that there was three at the time exactly. That's why we thought three was a good spot to go to. After going through this whole process, I feel good about five guys at three. Um, yeah, we had a guy probably at first back then, but we knew that wasn't set in stone. 
And we knew the only way we could figure out a little bit more, especially when you can't work out, guys, you can't uh, meet with these people. There's a lot of things you can't do this year. Um, the only way we could go off that is if we got closer to where we could do a little more in-depth thing that we didn't have to hide. And we did. And in that time, I think every candidate's gotten stronger. So he likes all five quarterback prospects, which makes sense given that the 49ers traded up to the number three spot so they have the third swing on quarterbacks in this year's draft. It would make more sense if they liked the top three. They like all five, at least based off of what we're hearing from Kyle Shanahan, and maybe that is him just talking publicly and not how he actually feels, but I think it's consistent with who Kyle Shanahan is. I think Kyle Shanahan has shown a remarkable amount of, you can call it ego, or arrogance thus far in his coaching career, both as an offensive coordinator. Remember Super Bowl 51? The Falcons got in field goal range, up eight on the New England Patriots. They could have stopped the greatest comeback in Super Bowl history in its tracks right there. And Kyle Shanahan decides that he wanted to keep on pushing the envelope with that offense. Dan Quinn never called him off. Next thing you know, the Falcons... A sack happens, there's a penalty, and all of a sudden they're out of field goal range. They punt, New England drives down the field, they score, get the two-point conversion, they win the game in overtime. So that's one example of Kyle Shanahan perhaps being a little bit too like Grand Moff Tarkin in the Death Star in Star Wars A New Hope. Nice reference, Paul. Then, a little bit later, another Super Bowl. Oh, no, Kyle Shanahan, his 49er team, do you remember what they averaged yards per carry? against Kansas City in that Super Bowl? Seven. So, that's a lot. They threw the football 34 times to 20 handoffs. If you take a look at the statistics in terms of, you know, the time that Jimmy Garoppolo was sacked and a couple of uh, in interceptions that he threw and a couple of runs by Jimmy Garoppolo. And there was a stretch in this game where they should have ran the football and they would have probably been able to ice the game. They didn't. And next thing you know, Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs go on this crazy run at the end of the game when the offense finally figures itself out. They should have run the football more, tried to establish time of possession. They did not because I think Kyle Shanahan thought to himself, wow, Jimmy Garoppolo is completing a lot of passes in a row. Let's keep this going. That was a mistake. Come on. They threw the football seven times in the NFC Championship game or whatever. Win with what got you there. And then go back to 2017. Kyle Shanahan takes over the San Francisco 49ers. And they draft Solomon Thomas early on in the draft. I don't have a problem with drafting a defensive lineman early. But when you combine that with the fact that Deshaun Watson was there, Patrick Mahomes was there, and they didn't take either of those two because Kyle Shanahan wanted Kirk Cousins. This just goes to show you that Kyle Shanahan looked at Kirk Cousins and thought that he could get more out of Kirk Cousins than anybody. There's a little bit of arrogance that's involved with Kyle Shanahan. And the idea that he likes all five of these quarterback prospects. It's him. It's not John Lynch. That, to me, is interesting. And I feel like, while he is a coach that is to be respected, if not feared, this is always going to be something that potentially gets in his way. And it might get in his way with the San Francisco 49ers right now. I'm Paul Gallant. This is the Paul Gallant Show, the most interactive sports talk show in Seattle and Washington, nay, the world. 710-710 is how you text in. The question of the day, what do you, if you're a Seahawks fan, want to see the San Francisco 49ers do and not want to see the San Francisco 49ers do with that number three overall pick. There's really only two options. It's Mac Jones and it's Trey Lance. What do you like? What do you not like? It is 10-13. It's time for What's Trending. Brought to you by Kings Heating and Air with Maura Dooley. What's going on, Maura? Hey, Paul. 
What are you? What's your final decision? What do you want them to do? I want them to draft Trey Lance, and I want them to trade Jimmy Garoppolo. And I don't think that the latter is going to happen if they draft Trey Lance. Trey Lance, to me, he might reach his potential. He might not. And I feel like Kyle Shannon will probably get the most out of whatever quarterback that they take. But I think if they if they end up taking Mac Jones and then they trade Jimmy Garoppolo, get something in return, this year they're just going to be better. And I'm just looking at it from 2021 exclusively. They're better with Mac Jones or with Jimmy Garoppolo. And I, I would like to see them just move on in an entirely different direction to a less pro-ready quarterback. I can see that. I think Trey Lance has such little experience that they would hang on to Garoppolo if they draft him, but they would probably be better down the road. It wouldn't make I sense. Like it wouldn't make sense to keep him on the roster if they're going to pay him $30 million to be a backup eventually, you know? Yeah. And you would think that you trade him while you get can get the absolute most for him. And honestly, I feel like the like there are teams like the Patriots and other desperate quarterback desperate teams that would definitely think about trading for Jimmy Garoppolo. Oh boy. <laughs> I know. <laughs> we'll see. All right, well, let's get back to some baseball. First up, the Mariners lost to the Astros 5-2 last night. The return of Bregman, Altuve, and Alvarez after being on COVID reserve. The first round of games with the Mariners definitely gave them a boost. But the Mariners had their own uh, boost with the Kyles last night. Unfortunately, mm. no one else was really hitting. But Kyle Lewis notched his first home run of the season with this shot. First pitch to Kyle Lewis. He swings and swats this deep, cranked out to center field. And this is gone off the batter's eye. Kyle Lewis, number one. And 2021 for the Mariners center fielder is cranked to center. Mariners around the board. It's 2-1 Astros. There's a meme out there that some of you guys maybe have seen on those mean internet streets. It is essentially that anyone named Kyle likes monster energy drink and to punch holes in drywall. And whenever I see one of the Kyle Lewis's or, or Kyle Lewis or Kyle Seeger go yard, I just assume that they have slammed some monster energy drink <laughs> in the dugout. Both of them went yard yesterday. Seager, it's nice to see him continuing the great play that he had this weekend because we know that he is so up and down. Kyle Lewis getting that first home run, I think, is massive. To get that first one off of your back as you're trying to get timing back, that's great to see. The problem is that Astros lineup is scary. And even in a night where Justice Sheffield drew some praise from Scott Service for battling through, I mean... Jose Altuve, Alex Bregman, Jordan Alvarez, Yuli Gurriel, Michael Brantley. They got six guys that are better than the majority of your lineup, if not all of your lineup. And that... Well, we have Marco tonight, right? Marco he's Gonzalez. he's coming off of looking like himself, finally, last start. So, see if he can continue that, hopefully. I, I, I hope he can. I am definitely feeling a lot better about him, Mora, after the last couple of starts. Because the first... Or the last start, because the first one... First couple of them uh, started to make me nervous about just where he's at, period. If all of a sudden he's about to fall off the face of the earth. All right. We're all waiting to see what John Schneider and Pete Carroll will say at their press conference tomorrow. And if they will, how they will handle, I guess, not if they will get questions about Russell Wilson, how they'll handle them. In the meantime, Packers GM Brian Gutenkust went through basically the same thing when asked about Aaron Rodgers yesterday. Uh, this was how he handled the situation. Is it important to you and the front office to give him more than one more year of guaranteed money on his deal if, if, if he wants that more long-term financial security? Yeah, Matt, I'll just say this. You know, First of all, I'm not going to get into contract specifics, but Aaron's our guy. Um, he's going to be our quarterback for the foreseeable future. We're excited about you know kind of the things we're going to try to accomplish here over the next couple of years. So 
Um, we certainly think that, um, you know, with the contract that you're kind of talking about, is something we'll work through. We're- I don't get why they just can't commit to him. He had an MVP season right now. It's okay to fold from time to time. You drafted. I thought that was pretty. He said, like, we're excited about what we're going to do the next couple years and that he's their quarterback for the foreseeable future. Why, why not a stronger word? I mean, how than, much longer is he going to play? Is Rogers going to be 38 next year, I think? He'll be 38. He's 37 right now. I thought be, that was a pretty decent commitment. But foreseeable, Laura? I mean, that word to me means, well, we're still not 100% sure. He was the MVP last year. Jordan Love played at Utah State. This is pretty easy to me. So you would not be happy if this was the way Schneider came out and talked about Russ? Ooh, that is a that is a nice follow-up question, Maura. Um, huh. It's a little different because of the way that Russell's handled things this offseason. I'm not going to okay, lie. Fair enough. But, yeah, if, if John Schneider came out, no matter how he's feeling, which I empathize with, about the way that things have been handled this offseason, he's got to handle it better than that. And I, I feel like you say, yep, Russ is our guy forever. And honestly, these guys, <laughs> this is not an indictment on them, but they're so paranoid, these front office, these uh, these general manager types about like revealing draft information, tipping their hand, that they lie all the time. And I have no problem with that. But for the most part, most of these press conferences, even though I'm excited for tomorrow because we're finally hearing from people, it's a lot of lying, lip service, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. That's Maura Dooley every single day at 1015 with What's Trending, brought to you by Kings Heating and Air. Actually, it's usually at 1010, but I just rambled a little bit today. This hour of the Paul Galan Show is brought to you by Advanced Hair Restoration. Ooh, hello. It's time to open up the phone lines. 206-421-3776 is how you call. Again, 206-421-3776. You can text in 710-710 or tweet me at Galant says, my question to you. All right, there's two options, essentially. For the San Francisco 49ers with that third overall pick at quarterback. Mac Jones, Trey Lance, what concerns you more? You get to answer that now because it's time for you to be heard. Your voice, your opinions. It's time to be heard. Every day at 1015 with Paul Gallant. Be heard. 710-710. Why should we care what San Francisco does? Lame topic, Paul. Let's talk about Seattle sports and let San Francisco worry about their draft picks. To be perfectly honest, as far as what the Seahawks do in the draft, there's not a whole lot, in my opinion, that's entertaining to discuss. I mean, they're picking at the back of the second round. We'll see what happens after the case, but leading up to it, all right, I could just list off a bunch of prospects that they could potentially see there, but... Nothing is more important than what the arch rival of the Seattle Seahawks do in the draft with that number three pick. Nothing. Nothing is even close to as important. And I guess I could talk about the the Astros and how they just ransacked uh, Justice Sheffield early on and about how the Mariners' bats are struggling outside of the two Kyles yesterday and how if Mitch Hanniger has an 0-4 day that they're in a lot of trouble. But to me, with the draft around the corner, I think this is pretty relevant to Seattle sports, what San Francisco does there. That affects the division for the next decade, potentially, and definitely affects the division for 2021. 7-10, 7-10. The Seahawks would be happy if what is put out there is true, Mac Jones or Trey Lance. He would not, this texter says, be happy if it's Justin Fields. Justin Fields is an interesting one, and and I, I know that I'm guilty of stereotyping quarterbacks but I just look at Ohio State quarterbacks and 
I don't have a lot of hope or expectations or excitement about them. But Fields is someone that there's a very vocal contingent on the internet that's beating down the the doors, beating the table, insisting that this guy is just as good as the other quarterbacks. 206-421-3776. Let's go to our friend Evan and Pialop. Evan, what's up, buddy? Done. Good to hear from you, man. Yeah, um, I I'm personally not really worried about either quarterback. I mean, um, Kyle Shanahan's a great coach, so I mean, I think he'll get a lot out of either one. But I, I think if I had to choose, it'd probably be Lance, just because of his mobility. But I don't really look at either one of these guys and think they're going to be like a like an elite franchise quarterback, like maybe. Wilson or Lawrence would be, and I also like Fields better than than uh, either of those two guys, the Jones or Lance. Um, so I was kind of glad when I heard it was going to be one of them because I personally think Fields is going to be better than those two guys. So you're in the um, the Fields field, okay? And and you're not alone on that front, Evan. And you know, appreciate the phone call there. The thing about those two, I am with Evan in that. I don't know that either of these guys are going to turn into like top five, top ten quarterbacks anytime soon. I just think that with Kyle Shanahan, he's going to be able to get the most out of them. I think right away with Mac Jones, Trey Lance, there's a high ceiling. There's also a very low basement. It is deep, deep into the into the grounds, into the minds of Moria. And they might get balrogged if they end up taking somebody like Trey Lance. But they could get the most out of him. I trust what Kyle Shanahan is going to do with those quarterbacks. I'm just thinking about this coming season and say the 49ers draft Mac Jones and feel comfortable enough because he seems to be the most pro ready quarterback to move on from Jimmy Garoppolo, get some more draft capital so that they can help themselves out this year and in the years to come and free up some cap space. That to me is for 2021, the worst case scenario in this draft, not Trey Lance. It's Mac Jones because that guy seems like he's ready to go. And everybody at Alabama, his wide receivers who I think would know whether or not he's good they clearly think that he's better than Tua Tungavailoa. And I liked, loved watching Tua in college. I'm Paul Gallant. This is the most interactive sports talk show in Seattle and Washington, the world, 710-710. It's how you text in. Guess what? The Graz is going to join me next. What can the Mariners do about their bats right now so that they can get a little more offensive output against teams that can score a bevy of runs like the Houston Astros? And what's his answer to the question of the day? What do you want to see the 49ers do? What would you be terrified if the 49ers do? And you get to ask the Graza question, 710-710. It's the most interactive sports talk show in Seattle, Washington, nay, the world. Don't go anywhere. It's 1030, and that means it's time to get in the sports pit. In the pit where all that stuff goes down, and if you don't have some freaking toughness, you're going to get your, you're going you're to fail. With Paul Gallant. And as always... Brought to you by Mac and Jack's Brewing Company. I am joined by the great and powerful Graz. And if you got a question for the Graz, 710-710 is how you text it in. Graz, what's up, buddy? Paul Gallant, how you now? Not so bad. Wait, check that. <laughs> Couldn't you? Wait, hang on. Shoot. I don't even remember the letter Kenny way to go about they're, doing they're it. Both, they're both good. They're both not, good. I think, it's, I think it's not so bad. But anyway. Not, not so bad. Not so bad is the good one. i got to yeah. watch it again. The most recent season of Letter Kenny was a, was a tad disappointing, but it's still a uh, fantastic show. 
The draft, Graz, is probably not going to be as entertaining a show as Letterkenny to us, seeing as the Seahawks aren't going to make a pick <laughs> in the first round. Look at that transition that I just made. They pick in the second nice. round. But, um, you know, the San Francisco 49ers pick at number three, I think it's the most interesting pick in the draft. And I think there are two roads that they might go down. They're either going to take Mac Jones or Trey Lance. Which would you like to see them do, and which would you be a little scared if you saw them do it between those two? Uh, if it's between those two, um, and I'm not so sure that I believe that that's going to be the case, mm. uh, I'd probably be more scared about Trey Lance because um, he, he's got the, the the longest term possibility or potential of doing well. But I, I kind of think what the 40, what the 49ers are going to do is um, go with Justin Fields. I okay. think this has all been misdirection from them. I think Fields is the guy who can make the big chunk plays that they want. I think that uh, they they may do an, they may surprise you another way too, and not get rid of Jimmy Garoppolo. Mm, keeping him aboard. Two, well, it, it, the, the way it works is is that they they only owe two point eight million on his contract if they cut him loose this year. So that's not much of a cap hit. But they 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 got all their free agents signed, and if they save him and keep him this year, they save twenty five point six million against the cap next year. So they get big savings for next year, and then have a chance to have. Whoever they pick at number one, sit, do the Patrick Mahomes routine, let Garoppolo start, and the 49ers still got a lot of talent and still think they can win with him, and uh, you know replace him during the season or, or at the end of the season, give the guy the full Mahomes treatment. So that's I, I just especially this time of the year, you always see guys trying to misdirect you, and it just it, it seems to me that Fields is going to go to them. I, I just can't can't shake that belief, even though. All the uh, quote-unquote experts, and I don't even pretend to be one, Paul. I'm not even a big fan of the draft um, or, or saying otherwise, but um, that's what I see happening. That's interesting, and I, I always find it funny this time of year, too, that there's so many tea leaves that are put out there, but they're planted there so that people will think that one thing right. or another is going to happen. The obsession with secrecy that these NFL teams have, it is really adorable considering you know we're talking about sport, <laughs> but it is funny. I mean, and that could be a way that they go. They did at the very least – Take a look at Justin Fields. I, I hope it's something like that. I hope it's a curveball, though. I don't necessarily hope that it's Justin Fields over any of those prospects. Of all those guys, I feel like, just based off of what I'm hearing, Mac Jones would be the guy that's ready to go right away, and that mm. he would perhaps, if they were to bring him aboard, maybe that means that Jimmy Garoppolo ends up getting traded. I'm hoping that Garoppolo gets traded and that they draft some sort of project quarterback with high upside, so there's maybe a potential that they totally swing and miss on that one. That would be nice. Very nice. I'm, we, 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 are, we are savvy on that one. Let, let's, let's see a big swing and a miss. Let's see a big, huge, gaping mistake. That would work just fine. 710-710 is how you text in if you got a question for the Graz. One person says, when you reference your good transition, it then becomes a bad transition. Actually, I just like to beat dead horses because I find it amusing personally. <laughs> uh, so, uh, Graz, as we make another amazing transition, you know, you talk about swinging and missing. Well, the Mariners lineup sure have been doing a whole lot of that outside of yeah. two guys named Kyle Seeger. That one you cringed at between uh, Kyle Lewis and Kyle Seeger. After that, it's it's, you know, it's still... Mm, a dicey proposition, and I know we've talked about Evan White before. You got a home run from Kyle Lewis last night, which is great, but the rest of this Mariners lineup, how are you feeling about it right now, and, and what can well, be done Ty, to make Ty, it better? Ty France and Hanniger, in True. my opinion, are doing okay. So, I mean, I, I think right now, for the first time, you look at your, your, your top four, Hanniger, France, Seeger, and Lewis. That's how they lined him up last night, and, and Lewis is going to do a lot better. I mean, he's just getting started, obviously, and hit his first home run. 
But, you know, the, the problem is below. And, I mean, you got um, – I know batting average isn't, isn't the great wonder that it used to be, but Evan White, 175. Trammell, 161. Dylan Moore, 113. Gulp. <laughs> Torrance hitting 167. Uh, you just you've got some you got some bats that you you can't sustain, so um, I, I'm not sure what the what their plan is going to be. I mean, is it playing Marmaleos more? I mean, he, he he's not hitting a whole lot better, but um, you know that may be it. I mean, it may be trying to find. You know, France has played some at second base, and um, you know not going to play him at third. You're going to keep Seager at third, but maybe you try and get him in the lineup there, and and uh, but you need a DH at that point. So um, I think. What they're gonna, what they need to, what they need to do here in the short run, is uh, kind of, kind of hope that that big four and Kyle Lewis becomes a, a part of that big four quickly here, uh, can carry them. And, and look, one of the things that was encouraging last night in a discouraging loss to the Astros was that their bullpen continued to be great, uh, which two and two thirds shutout ball. So they've still got, they've still got elements working for them. But you're getting to the point now where you're getting to the end of May. The guys that are, they're hitting way under 200. Uh, you got to be looking for other options, and and right now that, that that would be bringing up some guys from the organization, and and I don't know how ready they are to do that yet. Yeah, they're still waiting, and of course the minor league season has not begun yet. But the good news, Graz, is that we did find out today that on May sixth, the Tacoma Rainiers are going to open up their season, and you've also uh, got a start date that's right around the corner too for uh, a couple of the other Mariners minor league systems. So that means that there is a timeline that would I'd imagine start on Jared Kelnick. And it seems like, based off of our conversations with Jerry Depoto, that they wanted to see him get a significant amount of at-bats, specifically against left-handers, at that AAA level before they decide to eventually bring him up to the Major League roster. The pressure will be on if he hits well from the start uh, and they continue to struggle at the, at the Major League level. I mean, the pressure will be on to, to push that timetable up, and especially if they stay <clears throat> excuse me, in the race the way they are. And, and um We'll see. I mean, I, I don't blame them for wanting him to get those at-bats. That was always the plan, and the plan was for him to get them last year. But um, for, for a variety of reasons we don't need to go back into, uh, there is going to be pressure to move him up if he hits well, period. The great and powerful Graz. One last question. This is the listener question of the day. 7-10, Graz, name the position you think that the Seahawks will draft in the second round. You gave a very funny answer on this last week. <laughs> you mean quarterback? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's sort of born of, of the Seahawks never doing what we anticipate them doing. Um, but I don't think that they'll take a quarterback, of course. I think if they stick with that spot, it'll probably be an offensive lineman. An offensive lineman. I could see that happening as well. It would be really funny, though. And, I mean, just from a, hey, we do sports talk radio every single day. Oh, my goodness. What would happen if they were to take a quarterback in the second round perspective? Oh. Yeah, it would be. To use your phrase. It would be. It would be delicious. Mm-hmm. It would be delicious if they mm-hmm. do that. Tasty, tasty. The great and powerful Grozik. Every single Tuesday, Thursday, brought to you by Mac and Jack's Brewing Company. Groz, we'll talk to you again on Thursday, right before the NFL draft. Thanks, Paul. That is the one and only Dave Grosby, Everybody, all right. It is the Paul Galan Show, seven ten ESPN Seattle, seven ten seven ten. To text into the most interactive sports talk show in Seattle and Washington, nay, the world. One texter asks, "End of May? No, it's May sixth. So it's right around the corner, the start of the Tacoma Rainier season. And I guess this guy is asking when Kelnick might come up at the end of May. I don't know if it's going to be that soon. I don't. I think that you want to see probably like a month and a half of Kelnick at the minor league level, at the AAA level specifically, because you can't rush this as much as I want to. And I really want to rush it.
theoretically, in the lineup right now, you do have guys that are more worthy of being on the major league roster than you had last year. But with the way that things have opened up, I think every single day I'm going to get a little bit more open to the idea about it. I cooled my jets in April, but in mid-May, I'm going to be back to my typical impatient self. 710-710. Answer this question. Trey Lance, Mac Jones. What do you want to see the 49ers take? What would you be scared if the 49ers take as a Seahawks fan? And could the Graz's theory about Justin Fields actually be a legitimate possibility? All of that's on the table on the most interactive sports talk show in Seattle and Washington. Near the world! You're listening to Paul Gallant. Powered through the Alaska Airlines Studio. Every day at 10 on 710 ESPN Seattle. Seattle. So what do you want to see the 49ers do? It's between Mac Jones and Trey Lance, we think. Maybe Justin Fields is in the equation as brought up by the Graz in the sports pit just a moment ago. Some texts. First off, this has to do with a texter earlier. A response of sorts. People are so quick to be annoyed about other teams being talked about in our division. They don't realize how amazing our division is. I would say that the chances are pretty high that a team from our division could end up in the Super Bowl or at least the NFC Championship. Assuming the 49ers are healthy this season, yes. Yes. I mean, I, I think there are three legitimate possibilities. Seahawks are probably third amongst those three teams, just given the questions that I have about how good the defense actually is and about what happened at the end of last season on offense and if they're going to be able to figure out how to get back to the first half of last season on offense. But there are three teams there that you could easily see winning their first playoff game, if not multiple. Outside of that in the NFC, I mean, who are you really looking at and paying a lot of respect to? It's the Bucks and Packers. That's it. I, I don't even think twice about any, any of the NFC East teams or any of the other NFC South teams, at least at this moment in time right now. The texter, uh, another text. This has to do with my theory when it comes to Justin Fields. I have a bias against quarterbacks from Ohio State. The track record has not bared out. That's all I'm saying. It's not a rational opinion to have. It's sort of a lazy, hey, look at all these coincidences that you can add up. But a texter correctly points out Alabama has a horrible history of quarterbacks as well. Yep, and we're going to see with Tua Tungavailoa. I thought Tua was the guy, and now all of a sudden, I mean, Miami probably should at the very least entertain the idea of drafting a quarterback in that first pick that they have. Now that's six instead of a three, which is now what the 49ers have. Another texter says, well, Fields was originally from Georgia. I suppose you could make that argument too. It's just something that I always think about. And Alabama, I think you can make a strong case for that. The guys that have all the talent in the world around them, how, of, how often have they been challenged and how often have they been bailed out by the rest of their ridiculous team? Another texter, Paul, are you forgetting what college Brett Favre went to? Southern Mississippi. U-S-M, Southern Mississippi. I can't stand that fan base. And it's why? Because of a random interaction that I had with them when I was in high school going to South Florida football games. South Florida versus Southern Mississippi. For whatever reason, I found Southern Mississippi fans to be tiresome. Tiresome with that stupid chant, and it got stuck in my head. And if any song gets stuck in my head, generally, unless I actually like it, I'm going to have some sour feelings towards you. Another texter. Joe Burrow was originally from Ohio State. Well, you know, we'll see what happens with Joe Burrow. 
Joe Burrow looked great at LSU. I'm surprised that there are, I think, as many options that are in the air for San Francisco as there even are. I mean, it does feel like it's Mac Jones. And I I, want to say again, while I think it is easy when it comes to Mac Jones to point at his body, which is not great, and then assume he doesn't have that much athleticism, and he's not the most athletic quarterback, but... I think assuming any of these quarterbacks are going to be bad, if you're going to be the person that puts the money on that, I think you have to realize that just like it's difficult to predict what quarterbacks are going to be good, it's pretty dang difficult to predict which quarterbacks are going to be bad as well. Sometimes you hit it on the head, but I've been a little reticent of being extreme with my opinions on quarterbacks coming out of college. And and, and honestly, my experience with Josh Allen this past year has been, I think, Exhibit A, as far as why. And Allen, it took a couple of years for him to figure it out. Extremely raw prospect coming out of Wyoming, and I just remember watching him in that game against Oregon, and I thought to myself, goodness, this guy's a first-round prospect? What? He's terrible. He's the worst player on the field. Go watch that game. He was so bad. I mean, Wyoming doesn't have a lot of talent around him. Wyoming's talent around Josh Allen was not the reason that he didn't play well in that game. And I remember just thinking about that game and thinking, always, doesn't matter what Josh Allen does after that. There's a big-time moment, and he was just bad. But since then, he's been pretty good. I think Kyle Shanahan's going to get the most out of whatever guy that he brings in. And it does feel as if Mac Jones is quite pro-ready. And that's, again, based off of reading. And I guess watching a little bit of him this past season in a weird pandemic-shortened year where Alabama was just clearly way better than everyone. It wasn't close this year. They killed everybody. But at the same time, that's the guy that I think for 2021 is going to give the San Francisco 49ers a better chance at winning. And I I do think that there is a a possibility that they decide to roll with a Mac Jones instead of Jimmy Garoppolo. And then they ship Jimmy Garoppolo elsewhere. Still plenty of months left. Uh, Some other texts, and this has to do with other quarterbacks in the draft. A year from now, the two names we will be hearing are Trevor Lawrence. Okay. Well, I mean, that's an obvious take. And Kyle Trask out of Florida. Huh. You know what? That's another that's another program. And that's a program that I watch every single Saturday. That's another program that I look at in Florida, and I always have my doubts about the quarterbacks that come out of there. Super talented program. USC, another one that you could put in there. Another text. Paul, go to a USC football game. You'll have no problem. I, oh, I know. I, I have gone to a USC football game. The fight-on thing is the worst. It was a... Uh, as part of an elaborate ploy to uh, win the love of uh, a girl that I was in love with in college, I went to a Syracuse-USC game. And I vividly remember, as Syracuse was getting thrashed by the Trojans, the nonstop... And it just... All game long. So I hate it. As someone who is new to Pac-12 adventures, I, I yes, I'm I'm right there with I think the entire rest of the conference. It doesn't stop. Give it a rest. Anyhow, there you go. Uh, this has been the Paul Gallant Show, the most interactive sports talk show in Seattle and Washington, nay the world. Appreciate y'all for tuning in. Subscribe to the podcast. Big thanks to our caller Evan and Pialop. 
Big thanks to the Graz, brought to you by Mac and Jack's Brewing Company. And, of course, Maura Dooley, who makes this thing happen every single day behind the glass. I am merely Paul Gallant. So long, farewell, Jake and Stacy. are next. Have a great Tuesday.